0: Hello and welcome to Sports Hulk. I'm your host, as always, Jordan Fauci, here with Nick Steele, our NFL expert, and that rings true after your performance last week—eleven and four—an absolutely outstanding week for you. I, on the other hand, could not have been worse in the in the first half slate. I was six and nine overall, and I think I got two of the one o'clock games right um and we also both of us i think got hit by a pretty bad beat in that Chiefs Broncos game um that not covering by half a point was was a tough way to start yeah. the slate but uh, any big things from week 6 that you want to cover um no, nothing over the top. I think what we were good about was sort
1: of some of the obvious ones. I think there were a few in there, like Detroit was a gimme, the Rams were a gimme, right? I think that was that was good. Um, but apart from that, it was a, a bit of a trickier week. There were some ups and downs. I was like you said, the Chiefs were a nerve-wracking one, um, as well as some other games. Atlanta and Washington was super close that could have gone either way, ultimately wound up with Atlanta covering so. I think that was a good slate of games. The only reason to bring it up would be that I think this week we have a less good slate of games and a, and probably a less predictable slate of games. So as much as I had a good week last week, I'm, I'm not willing to put the the bet just yet that it's going to be quite as good coming up. But I hope it can be. Uh, this this week should be an interesting one with a ton of a ton of good teams on buys
0: to to account for. So we'll see. Yeah, whole whole lot of buys this week um and also just injury bug is killing yep. some teams now we're seeing quarterbacks drop like flies left and right uh, but we'll get into that as we talk about the slate we're going to start off here on thursday night the jacksonville jaguars are at the new orleans saints the saints are favored by one how are you feeling about this
1: uh not great i don't think we're going to be super entertained by this game but i still think that jacksonville will probably take it i expect trevor Lawrence to. Play. Uh, I know he's limited, but the, the general sense is that he's probably going to make an effort to play. Uh, and it's a short week. So I think, regardless, you were looking at a limited scope. But really, I think it just comes down to I, I don't, again, trust anything about this New Orleans Saints team to do anything consistent. As you saw last week, uh, there was some frustration on the offensive side of the football. I think we expect that to probably continue. Uh, maybe Alvin Kamara is able to, to punch in something. I know the that Jacksonville's had a little bit of a middle-of-the-pack run defense with with some flashes here and there. Um, So I'm going to say that Jacksonville covers, despite probably like a a back-and-forth-ish game. I think it's right to have this game right around the one-point range, especially without certainty on on Trevor Lawrence's availability. Now, we don't know ultimately what will happen and and who winds up playing this game, but uh, I'm going to ride the fact that I think Trevor Lawrence is going to play, so I'm going to expect them to win the game and,
0: and take the points. I'm going to take the Saints for the exact opals. The reason that you are giving, I think Trevor Lawrence isn't going to play. And even if not, I think they're going to miss Besides, They lost five starters during that Colts game. Um, And I think uh, coming off of a short week, I don't think this is going to be a good game by any means, but I think those injuries do catch up to them. And I'm going to take the Saints here. Um, The defense for the Saints has been very strong. Alvin Kamara, since coming back, has been a fantasy revelation, averaging just around 20 points per game. Um, fantasy-wise, I think that you're going to see Olave and Michael Thomas kind of get, get going here. Derek Carr is going to kind of find his rhythm um, after coming back. He's been playing through this injury, but I think he's he's going to take this take this in and. Kind of put in some work here. I think they need to stop targeting Taysom Hill as much. Um, I think they're going to stop doing that and just kind of rely on the weapons that they do have that are proven to be good. Uh, Olave, Michael Thomas, and Kamara. And I think just one on a short week and two with the Jaguars' injury uh, concerns, I'm going to take the Saints minus one here. Um, Moving on, we have my Las Vegas Raiders – favored by three on the road at the Chicago bears. It's looking like we're going to get two backups here. Justin fields, um, could be done for a short term, a couple, uh, week or two Long term, I've heard that it could potentially be a UCL issue with him and not a hand issue, which okay. would be very bad for the bear. Well, good for the bears, but bad for Justin fields. Um, and then raiders very scary situation one of the weirdest injuries i think i've ever seen jimmy garoppolo um looked fine came off the field and then just kind of collapsed into himself on the on the bench um and was rushed to the hospital with a back injury um so it's looking like we're either going to see brian hoyer aiden o'connell and then i don't believe fields is going to play so going to get another backup i think it's badge um He's going to be the starter for the Bears, yep. so this is just an absolute toss up. But I'm going to take the Bears here. Not really confident about any of it, but I'm not picking the Raiders without Jimmy G. I
1: I really I don't think that Jimmy G's a difference maker for the Raiders, uh, and I think that we saw in both cases, right, that they can at least stay afloat uh, without. Jimmy G and and by a float, I mean, relative to the competition. Right. And I think that our competition here is a Chicago bears team that doesn't have any unit that can play consistently or, or stack drives, stack back-to-back possessions, including on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I I don't know what we're going to expect at a batcher backing up Justin fields. I, I know that soldier field will still probably be pretty rowdy, but um, if you get a veteran presence in there like Brian Hoyer, I, this could be a very low-scoring game, but I'm going to take the Raiders in the points, which you should hopefully be be happy with, uh, Raiders minus three. I,
0: I hope that they win. I hope that they cover. I just don't really see it. Um, moving on here, we have the Cleveland Browns coming off of a, a shocking win, and I think last week I said I wanted to take them. I said I yeah. wanted to take them, but yeah. I didn't, and I was bit in the ass about that. Um, they're favored by two at the Indianapolis Colts. How are you feeling about this one, Nick?
1: Well, I mean, it, it looks like there's no timetable on Deshaun Watson's return. You know, I, 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 however, just based on how the Browns operate, he could just magically wake up Sunday, feel great, and play this game, and and then we don't know. Um, in, in which case, I think going in, if we had the knowledge that Deshaun Watson were playing, despite a pretty good game out of P.J. Walker last week, I think that it's more confidence in the Browns that way. But I'm going to say that Indy covers here uh, just for the sake of – I think Gardner Minshew actually can play some good games. I know the Cleveland defense is something to to marvel at, but covering and keeping this a tight game with, with Cleveland having a backup quarterback, a game of film now most likely going into uh, P.J. Walker. And honestly, several points in that game against San Francisco where he probably – damn near gave away the game, right? And I think this Indy team, after losing Anthony Richardson, wants to prove something that they they can still get some wins in conference. So whether or not they win the game is is another thing to be decided. But uh, if, the, if the Browns, again, another impressive win, and that defense is something to marvel at. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game that stays within that two-point margin similar to last week, even if Cleveland does win. So I'm going to take Indy to cover.
0: I love Gardner Minshew. I really love Gardner Minshew um, as a person, as a quarterback. Um, I think we've said it enough on this podcast, but that Brown's defense is terrifying on all three levels. Um, Miles Garrett was regularly getting the better of arguably the best left tackle in the league in Trent Williams. Yep. Um, And for that reason and that reason only and also the backside help with their secondary being so strong, I just don't see points coming for the Indianapolis Colts. We kind of saw Kareem Hunt get going last week um, against the 49ers. I know for a fact that the Indianapolis Colts defense isn't as good as the uh, 49ers. So despite them most likely having P.J. Walker, um, because Deshaun Watson with his uh, throwing arm issue, it seems that he can't drive through the ball. At least that's the talk coming out of the Cleveland camp. Um, I don't think it's going to really matter here. I think the Browns will win this probably by at least a field goal. So I'm going to take them minus two. Moving on here, we have the Buffalo Bills favored by nine at the New England Patriots who, oh, my God, they are terrible to watch. Um, <laughs> So how are you feeling about this one? I think we're going to be pretty similar on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is just more in principle about consistently picking away from the New England Patriots than it is about the Bills covering spreads because even we saw last week against the Giants, they didn't score until the fourth quarter, and there really wasn't an explanation as to why. And then they actually almost lost that game on some controversial calls down near the goal line uh, to Tyrod Taylor and and Darren Wallet, right? So it's not so much about the Bills' ability to – play effectively as opposed to playing down, but it's more about the New England ineptitude that I think we should be really considering here. So I'm going to say that Buffalo covers despite this game. I believe this game is in New England. Um, so I, I just don't think it'll matter. I think that while well, Bill Belichick has enough film and, and has some good experience trying to stop Josh Allen, theres not there hasn't been enough uh, to, to do it in years past, and I just think that they can still cover nine against uh, a, a Patriots team that, again, is severely inept offensively and, and is hurting definitely bit by the injury bug on the defense as well. Losing Christian Gonzalez and, and Matthew Judon really has proven to, to deflate this, this team on, as the, on a whole. So I'm going to say that the bills cover.
0: I'm going to take the bills as well. Um, I think that giants offense, even with uh no day, I think Tyrod Taylor, there's not a single player on this new England Patriots team as good as Saquon Barkley. I think Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. He continues to make some of the worst decisions I've seen out of a quarterback, especially a quarterback who coming into the draft was going to be, was praised as the most uh, pro ready and uh, sound decision maker. Um, He continues to make terrible decisions. He continues to throw just very bad balls, um, just not consistent at all. And even when he does, find the nut, the squirrel finds the nut, and he makes a nice pass. I don't have confidence in his wide receivers to catch it. Um, I think the Bills were going to just see a bounce back here. I don't expect them to play as, nearly as poorly as they did against the Giants. I think they were kind of sleepwalking into that game, coming back from London, and I think they're going to just kind of lay the beat down here on the Patriots. And I think Patriots fans honestly want it that way. Um, I think their eyes are set on Caleb Williams as the prize at the end of this godforsaken season for them. Yep. Moving on here, we have an NFC East matchup. The Washington Commanders are favored by two. They are on the road and they are playing the New York Giants. How are you feeling about this one? I'm going to take Washington
1: in the points. And I, I honestly, I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Giants. I know they looked a little bit impressive last week against Buffalo, but I think like you said, it's probably more of a culmination of Buffalo showing up a bit deflated and still fortunate to get away with a win rather than the Giants particularly doing anything different or special. Uh, Tyrod Taylor did make some some good throws in there, and they did seem to get guys in the offense going, or at least try to. It, it does look like it moves a little better. Uh, when Saquon Barkley's there, as opposed to, I mean, regardless of, of how many offensive linemen they have injured, which is which is a testament to Saquon. Uh, but I, I think that Washington is in need of a win here. They start off the season a little hotter than people anticipated. They've lost four of their last five, um, I believe that, or I should say, three of their last four. That um, they 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 have remained close in many of these games. They even played a tight game against Philly a couple weeks ago that I don't think a lot of people expected them to show up in. And we've mentioned Sam Howell as a guy who will give you throws that look like he's, I mean, ready to take a, another step as a pro, and then he'll give you decisions that remind you that he's in his first full year of, of starting. Uh, but this Giants defense is one where you can probably get away with mistakes like that. Not so much the front seven, but in that secondary, uh, they, they have some injuries concerns going there as well uh, and and teams have been able to pick on guys like deandre banks that are that are sort of learning the way and, and finding ways to, to make plays here and there but, but are as inconsistent if not more inconsistent than opposing quarterbacks especially sam howell so i'm going to say that washington takes the points the one thing to note is is in these nfc east games the giants traditionally do own washington of late right they, they've beaten them um, i want to say something like seven of the last eight times or six of the last seven times uh, so that's just a, that's a matchup that hasn't been favorable for Washington in the past. However, Washington hasn't really come in with a favorable quarterback situation in any of those matchups in the past. So I'm going to say that the, the 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 script flips there, and Washington covers the points.
0: I agree with you there. Um, I'm not picking the Giants this season uh, <laughs> after being burned on them enough. Um, I really like Sam Howell, as I think he is. Exciting to watch, which um, that can be both good and bad, but I don't expect nearly as many drops out of the uh, the commander's receiving core. I'm just kind of expecting a bounce back in, especially with Eric bien trying to – they're just getting more of a rapport with a young quarterback and kind of molding him in the way that he wants. Um, the one thing that does concern me is the Giants' front seven is – it has been very good, or it has been good enough. Um, And Sam Howell was on pace to break David Carr's all-time being sacked record. I think he's been sacked 34 times so far this season, Um, which I, I'm praying for his body.
1: Doesn't pose well against guys like Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah. Williams, but, at, you know, it's 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 a strong defensive front. Like you said, it's not the most disciplined defensive front, which – Uh, I know Wake Martindale is going to be trying to work those guys against what should be a vulnerable quarterback, as you mentioned, but it should be an interesting game
0: regardless. Yeah, but I'm going to take the commanders here. We're both on the commanders. Um, Moving on here, we have an NFC South matchup, the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks are favored by two and a half points. Um, How are you feeling about this one? I think the Buccaneers are, are due for a, reback, a rebound, I should say, in their
1: second straight home game. I think they ran into a juggernaut in the Detroit Lions. I think people are starting to realize that this Detroit team is is one that you can ride with pretty consistently. And uh, unless your team is able to effectively run the football, open up the plays down the field, and play some, some strong defense, which, I mean, really requires some upper echelon talent in this league, uh, you're not going to be able to run with them. And that's that's what happened to uh, to Tampa last week. I think that Baker is going to have a little bit of a bounce back game against what should be um, sort of a high-riding Atlanta team after winning yet another home game, despite their inability to really do anything on the road. I think all of that kind of factors in. I will say Desmond Ritter on the whole has been better, except for the fact that, again, we saw last week, it seemed like he tried to give away that game twice, right, with, with those, those late – Fourth quarter interceptions. Um, and and they're starting to figure out that if they can take the pressure off of him and use their skill players more effectively, like Kyle Pitts finding the end zone and things like that, right? And that that might be a formula for success. But I don't think that uh, I don't think that gets in the way of Tampa Bay and Baker covering this time around.
0: Uh just to bounce in here, the Falcons lost last week. Um, commanders beat them twenty four to sixteen. Oh my god, I must have read so, that yeah, there. they did. They did not cover. Um, I, there wasn't much of this game shown. But, yes. But yeah. Yeah. No. The yeah, Commanders yeah, yeah. won that game.
1: Yeah, yeah. At yeah. this point, so my. Um, well, I mean, so do I have I'm
0: to? We're giving away. Yeah.
1: So I might. Let me check if I. Yes, got that the wrong. game.
0: He did give away the game. Yeah, he did. Give I think it. we. I think you did because we both. Yeah, he did give away that game. I think. Yeah, you're. I think you're ten and five. Um, Looking we'll yeah, back at, because I'm pretty sure we both picked the uh commanders last week but i'll yeah. give my thoughts on this as you try we'll to figure, figure this out <laughs> well, um,
1: thing Des, desmond ritter like i, I the, the faith in him despite his ability to sometimes keep games close or play well to a certain point has has a cap
0: regardless right yeah um yeah this is a team in the bucks i think that they'll eliminate what the falcons do well and that's run the ball um and throw the ball short There's Drake London. We haven't seen it really yet. uh, Taking the top off of the defense like he did in college. Uh, Kyle Pitts is starting to get going a little bit here. Um, Really the only vertical threat I'm kind of scared about with the Falcons is Mac Collins. But yet again, I just, I don't have much faith in uh, Desmond Ritter without a very strong run game, which I'm assuming will be neutralized by the Bucks front seven, which just continues to be one of the best units in the NFL. Um, I'm going to take Baker here, despite the Buccaneers really not being able to run the ball without Leonard Fournette, we've kind of seen the Rashad White experience, uh, kind of taper in the same way that we've seen Tony Pollard. Rashad White was much better last year, uh, at breaking big runs. Tony Pollard was a lot better last year, taking or breaking off big runs, but without Leonard Fournette in this case, and without... Ezekiel uh, Ealy and Pollard's case, we've kind of seen them be less efficient runners, um, but I don't think that's going to really matter here. I think Mike Evans is going to have a bounce back week, and uh, Baker led Bucks are going to take this one, take this one by three, four, five, maybe even a touchdown.
1: Moving on, just to clarify, yeah, so I, I misread the pick. I did have Atlanta last week, and they did not cover, so I am ten and five.
0: Yes, you you went – you are 15-40 on the year um, after updating that. That makes more Uh, sense. Moving on here, we have uh, – just speaking, we were just talking about the Lions. The Lions at the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Ravens are favored by two and a half here. How are you feeling about this one? Because this game I've gone back and forth with a couple of times so far. I I know. I it's
1: interesting because I, I I was a little confused as to why the line opened up that way. Um, and and I, I just, again, going to anchor on the earlier point I made where I think that it's just this overall underestimation and lack of faith that a Detroit Lions team can be this consistently good. You know, and I, I think that. While Baltimore's got some work to do, and I feel like that people anticipate them finishing out the rest of the year, looking a bit more like the team we expect them to be, especially offensively. I just think they're running into a juggernaut. And I know that this game is on the road, but let's not forget that the Baltimore Ravens lost to the Gardner Minshew led Colts earlier in the year at home, right? So they haven't really put all the pieces together. Whereas Detroit seems like they have, and I know that they're going to be missing David Montgomery, but with guys like uh, Demir, Jameer Gibbs and Craig Reynolds in the backfield, they're still able to be physical. They're still able to stretch the field. And Jared Goff is honestly playing at an MVP level. Uh, so I, I, was, I was still surprised that they were coming out as the underdog in this game. I think that's a way to bait people. Well, they're going to bait me because I think that Detroit is is going to win
0: this game outright. I'm on the other side of this, and it really pains me to do it. Um because I have really liked what I've seen out of the Lions so far this year. But, and I'm, I'll be happy if I'm wrong about this. The Lions are going to Lion at some point. I know it's coming. It, yeah, it, I don't it, think just, so. it has to come. It has to come at some point. But besides that very weak point, I'm still in on the Ravens. I've been, I've dug my heels in despite them not looking strong. They, they still, I don't understand it how they just consistently build up a lead and then it gets torn away from them. They end up playing these close games all the time. But I think that the script's going to get, I think Lamar's getting more and more comfortable in this offense. And he's also, when it's not working, when his receivers are dropping the ball, when he's not firing on all cylinders, when this offense isn't firing on all cylinders, he's running. He's doing it. He's getting out in space, and he is being Lamar Jackson. The last week, he had one of the craziest runs I've ever seen. It was only like five yards, but he was. It was a little rollout to the right. Uh, The left tackle was, or yeah, the left tackle was coming down, or the left uh, left end was coming down. Yeah, and um, he shakes him out of his boots, reverses field, still in a passing play. Pocket is just. It looks like a puzzle at this point with how many pieces are everywhere and so many moving bodies. And he still just finds a way to make magic out of nothing. And I think he's just going to continue to be Lamar Jackson. I think that's all that they're going to really need um, to win this game. Now, two and a half does scare me, but I think this will be a late field goal kind of game just based on how the Ravens end up playing every single one of their games. Um, Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a reasonable take too because I think at some point we do expect this Baltimore offense to come fully together um and like you said Lamar is is by no means the bottleneck right but um so I, I think we should get a really good game up, but I, but I'm I'm not going to uh, I will let the Detroit Lions prove me wrong before I underestimate them uh, any any further and 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 one historical note it'll be the first time that a Detroit Lions team starts six and one. Since 1956, if they can do it, which is literally, I mean, the Super Bowl era and beyond. Um, so I get the I get erring on the side of caution there, but I'm gonna ride for it for some history this week, and I'm gonna say Detroit covers. I hope this is a good game. We
0: the last week was awful, just top yeah. to bottom, just yeah. a terrible yeah, most, week of football.
1: I know there's some tight spreads, but as far as like interesting, exciting, impact games look, I mean, in the one o'clock window, this this hopefully is our our guy, right? This is our our star game, but we'll
0: see. I'm hoping for it. Moving on here, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by three and a half. Steelers are coming off of a bye week. How do you feel about this? It's it's
1: an interesting one because the Steelers are coming off a bye, Um, but I like the way the Rams are playing football, and I think that last week was exactly how we thought it was going to go, where uh, you started to see a bit more congruence on that offense as they bring more pieces together, and they were able to take care of business pretty handily. Um, and I, I'm going to say that they, they take care of business again. I know that Pittsburgh's trying to get healthier and it did look like in their most recent game uh, before the bye week that they were actually able to do things offensively that were a, a bit of a contrast away from what had happened in Houston and, and earlier games where they were just completely shut down. Uh, but I still don't think it's enough for what the Rams are putting on tape right now. And I'm going to say the Rams cover three.
0: I agree with you here. Um, this if this was like a five point spread, I'd err on the side of the Steelers, but three and a half. I'm just gonna have to have the Rams here. I like what they're doing from top to bottom. Um, the defense, which I thought was going to be an issue for them, is still cooking Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. Um, and I think we're gonna have a bit of a bounce back from Puka Nakua, who last week kind of threw up a dud. Um We've seen that Stafford Cooper Cup came back and looked exactly like Cooper Cup. People were kind of saying yeah. that hamstring was a point of concern, it was scary. I had, hamstring injuries are scary, especially for someone who's getting up there in terms of mileage, like Cup is. But they have two weapons that work so well with what they want to do schematically and just have such a good connection. With Matthew Stafford as a quarterback, I'm just gonna ride with him. And I was super high on the Steelers. I think we both were very high on the yeah, Steelers coming yeah. into the year. But I think this might just be a bit too much for them to handle, even if they're coming off the bye. Yeah. Moving on here, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks favored by eight. The Cardinals kind of coming back to earth, down or back down to earth after being very feisty in the first half of the season. They've kind of gotten their gotten the business the last two weeks. How are you feeling about this?
1: Yeah, and and last week in particular is kind of what swayed me to to not be a, a gun shy because of the spread this week, uh, and I think Seattle needs a bounce back game, so I'm 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 going to take Seattle on the points and not overthink it here. Uh, some some good news for Cardinals fans: uh, Kyler Murray is returning to practice this week for the first time since he injured that ACL. So I know the season might feel lost, but as far as being able to compete in games and really use resources that they have uh, I think that offensively they've shown they have some some ability to compete um, and if they are able to to set the tone then their defense can pin appears back a little bit we just haven't seen that with Josh Dobbs and I don't think we'll see that this weekend against a, what, what should be an angry Seattle team that likes to air out the football when when they need a bounce back so I'm going to take Seattle on the points
0: and one note of confidence here for the uh Cardinals Hollywood Brown is quietly having a very good season. Him yeah. and Dobbs have gotten on a very good, they've gotten chemistry wise on a very good track. Um, he would have had at least one touchdown last week against the Rams, if not two uh, corner made phenomenal plays on the ball both times. And there were deep ones as well. Hollywood Brown's still showing that he can stretch the defense kind of wish he was still in a Ravens uniform. Um, but that being said, The Seahawks need a win. This is a hungry Seahawks team um, that kind of got their hat back to them in their hand. Um, I don't think that's a saying, but I made it up, and we're going to ride with it here. Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But, yeah, we're going to take the Hawks here. Seahawks minus eight, not scared about that number one bit. Um, Moving on here, we have the Packers coming off a bye. They're favored by only one point. And I say only because they are playing the Denver Broncos, even though yep. they're on the road, it is the Denver Broncos. How are you feeling about this?
1: I think, I think Denver wins this game. I, I really do. Uh, I think that they actually played pretty well against the Kansas city team that we know is underperforming relative to what they should be doing, but still from an individual, just a, just a lens perspective at what Denver's doing they're, I Again, they, they are hurting themselves. They look like sellers right now and they might be, but this is a game that they can probably steal right at home against a shaky Green Bay team that's not fully healthy. That Jordan Love can't really stack great games or good games uh, consecutively. And you could see some Green Bay, Jordan Love heroics against a, a team that's vulnerable the same way you saw it against New Orleans. right? So that, that could happen, and I'm wary of that. But that's the reason why I think the spread is so close. And, and if we look at Russell Wilson, he's uh, honestly apart from last Thursday's game, He's actually having a quietly good season. He's actually having a good season. Um, So I think sooner or later, they'll start to figure out how to string some wins together. Uh, I know defensively, they're kind of letting some pieces go. But uh, from the offensive side, it looks like Cortland Sutton's getting involved and Jerry Judy's getting involved and Russell Wilson feels a bit more comfortable. Um, So at home, I actually expect them to to look a bit more competent than, than, or, or, or I should say a step more competent than, than we'd seen them in previous weeks. Uh, so don't be surprised if Denver comes out and looks like a pretty solid football team against the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to, I'm going to take them to win. You
0: know what the craziest thing about this is? I agree with you. Yeah. Um, the Broncos have to win a game at some point. They simply have too much talent not to, um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm hoping for a high-scoring game. We've seen the Broncos. The Broncos' defense can't stop anything. Um, so I'm expecting the Packers to get rolling offensively, um, especially with Jordan Love coming off of the bye. You get Naren Jones fully healthy. He is back 100% this week. Um, so I'm expecting – the Packers to put up points, but I'm also expecting the Broncos to do the same thing. Like we said, apart from last week, Russell Wilson has not been the problem. The offense has struggled from time to time, but they haven't really been the issue that's keeping this team down. It has been on the defensive side of the ball. And because of that, I think that this is where the Russell Wilson maybe pulls out some heroics of his own. I know you were talking about the Jordan Love heroics, but I think this could be the exact opposite. I think that we can see the Packers up yeah. late in the game, and Russell Wilson puts together one of those vintage Russell Wilson drives, hits some of his weapons on the outside, and the Broncos end up winning this and covering, even though they are the dog in this um, one point. It's essentially, I think. It's essentially yeah. a pick at this point. So I'm going to take the Broncos plus one as well. Moving on, we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a five and a half point game. Chiefs coming off some extended rest. The Chargers, a bit of a short week due to the, due to the fact they played on Monday night. Um, how are you feeling about this?
1: It's it's interesting because I think that it's, it's a combination of narratives. I think that Kansas City has been playing down and I think that the Chargers are going to lose this game, but they're going to lose it in Chargers fashion. It's going to be a three-point game or less. I, I don't really see a way in which Justin Herbert doesn't play well enough to keep them in this game. He's actually had some pretty good games against the Chiefs each of the last few years. Where And I think the reason why this spread evens out to around 5.5 is because if this game goes to overtime and Kansas City wins on a touchdown, that's six. That gives you a cover, right? So that's scary. We've seen that happen before in this rivalry uh, but I'm I'm gonna say that the Chargers cover it. I think that they've, like we said, we played they played well against Kansas City, and Kansas City's honestly played down. They're one of these these upper echelon teams that has not really been able to dominate anybody other than the Chicago Bears. That's the only team that they've really taken care of business from from start to finish this year. Um, and that you know honestly that might have just been a Taylor Swift ripple effect more so than anything. Uh, so. I'm, I'm going to say the Chargers cover. I think it's is a great game. This might be the game of, of Sunday um, until maybe the Sunday night game, but the, the Sunday day window games, this might be the, the, the top game to watch. I, I expect the Chargers to also innovate a little bit. I, I, they should probably look to get Quentin Johnston a bit more involved. I don't think he was on Monday night until that interception that Stefan Gilmore picked up uh, to end the game. Um, and I, I think that's a big mistake after losing Mike Williams. So, and, and honestly, if you look at Monday night's film, if Justin Herbert's able to connect on a few key throws to Keenan Allen, who's also having a remarkable season, then maybe you're looking at something different, right? And, and I think he'll have to connect on those against this Kansas city team uh, to, to just keep up with the points, assuming that Kansas city can get back to, to what they like to do. And, and big note there, you can maybe see Nicole Hardman suiting up for Kansas city this week after the trade back from the New York jets, which would be an interesting little, little mix up because I'm sure Andy Reed's already got plays Built in for him, and then nobody has tape on that since 2021. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chargers to cover the points despite that little nuance, uh, because I think it's a good classic AFC West division game.
0: I agree with you. I think the Chiefs win this game, but they're gonna win it how the Chiefs have been winning so far this year, except for the Bears, and the Chargers are gonna lose this game how the Chargers lose games in very funny fashion. It happens every week. Um when they win the games, they win them. They win them, and you think, wow, the Chargers are finally turning the corner. However, when they lose them, they lose them. And they lose them in, in just hilarious ways each week. I I am expecting to see Austin Eckler get back on track here. I think he's going to be huge in keeping this game close, keeping it on the ground. The Chargers have not been able to run the ball this season. Yeah. Um, this that has been an issue. I know they, Eckler came back last week, but they were playing the Cowboys. And if there's we, despite how the Cowboys have been playing as of late, that is still a very good defense. Um, and the Chiefs' defense has been has been a, a bright spot for them this season as well. But I'm gonna just say I think the Chargers are gonna keep this one close. They historically have played very close games and i hope that this is going to be an exciting game uh we have some good matchups we have some close matchups going into what i think is the best game of the week and that is the sunday night matchup miami dolphins at philadelphia eagles minus two and a half in favor of the eagles they are at home how are you feeling about this
1: it's it's tough um but i'm riding what i did last week which is picking the afc east team oh there's my picks pick an ANC East team to cover against this Philly team. And my reason, my reasoning for struggling to to fall in love with this Philly team, despite them being Philly is again, honestly now it's twofold. Originally it was the, the lack of a secure pass defense that they've had all year. And what's the one thing that we know the Miami dolphins do is run up the scoreboard. Right. And I think that this game should be a shootout. Now, uh, the reason why I honestly feel like the spread is as tight as it as it is is because it's in Philadelphia. So you expect them to probably have the crowd behind them and, and be able to move the ball effectively against what's also a vulnerable Miami Dolphins defense. But I still think that if you're talking about the matchup of vulnerabilities, and, and honestly, we should just say like unit matchups, the Miami offense versus that Philadelphia defense, especially if Jalen Carter is, is still coming off injury if he is able to play as well as Darius Slay, that's a that's a more favorable matchup than even this Jalen Hurts offense against this Miami defense because you saw the, the Jets, uh, who are a very formidable defense, show a bit of a formula of what you can do to slow down Jalen Hurts and get him all comfortable, uh, uncomfortable, I should say, making off-platform throws and and making poor decisions late in that game. right? So uh, I'm, I'm not sure that the Miami defense – is quite as capable of doing that but i do think that they can run up the scoreboard and not be looking to have a a a very tight defensive 20 to 14 game that they win right so i am gonna i'm gonna say that miami covers the points here and and runs up some numbers and we'll we'll see if philly can can keep up
0: i i'm going to take the dolphins and it's going to sound weird because i'm about to go about two minutes on why the eagles could potentially could win this game and cover um, I have the Dolphins. I'm picking the Dolphins minus two or plus two and a half. However, we saw when the Dolphins had their had their butts kicked by the Bills. It was pressure on Tua, not allowing him a clean pocket and not allowing them to get their guys open downfield. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles front seven is, or even just their just their line alone is terrifying, especially up the middle. Um, and then also the dolphins have been running the ball extremely well but it doesn't it's it doesn't look like an offensive line thing it doesn't really even look like a running back thing it's a scheme thing but it, i think that the eagles just have too much up the middle in terms of just big bodies that just and guys that blow up what you're trying to do schematically yeah. um the dolphins struggle to create a pass rush. That has been one of their Achilles heels so far this season. The Eagles have a phenomenal offensive line. If Lane Johnson is healthy, um, Lane Johnson honestly might be the MVP of this Eagles team. Uh, just a stat that I saw quarterbacks, uh, Eagles quarterbacks, when Lane Johnson is playing have a, or have a, have the fifth highest uh, top five QBR when he's not playing. It is the 31st ranked QBR. Wow, That is just wild to think about an offensive lineman affecting it that much. Um, but all that being said, all that being said, the Eagles main issue so far is it seems like they can't get all of their guys going at once. Yeah, You'll see AJ Brown have a big game, even though he's only scored one touchdown so far this season, you'll see Devonta Smith get going. You'll see Dallas Goddard get going. You'll see um, DeAndre Swift get going. But they'll never all be going at once. And I think it's just you have two new coordinators on both sides of the ball. And the issue he just hasn't found a way to get all of the guys going at once. Kind of the game flow flow issues with him calling the game. He can't – he's targeting like two of those guys – and not allowing everyone to get into rhythm, which is why we've seen this Eagles team not play up to the standard that we saw last year. I think that will come into play later in the season, but for right now, I'm going to take the Dolphins. I just the If he continues to play this way, will win MVP. Tyreek Hill is on pace to have arguably the greatest wide receiver season of all time if he stays healthy, and there's just so much talent on the offensive side of the ball paired with a phenomenal, phenomenal scene or scheme by Mike McDaniel. So I'm going to take the dolphins plus two and a half. It's
1: going to be this, that should be the game of the yeah. weekend. That's going I to think be that's
0: going to be the game dolphins. of the weekend. Knowing that though, it's probably going to be terrible. Yeah. The prime time slate
1: has been so underwhelming that this looks so good. And I'm trying to keep like temper expectations for when it's, Inevitably not, but I you know, hope it is. Yeah.
0: One of the funniest things is the Raiders seem like they've ha- been in primetime every single week. Um, and they, I think they've had two primetime games so far, and they have two more coming up in the next two weeks as well. Um, I don't know what Mark Davis is doing, but he's just he is he's doing something because the Raiders, as much as I love the Raiders, should not be on primetime television nearly this much. Um, <laughs> Moving on here to the final game, the Monday Nighter. The Niners coming off of a a weird loss against the Cleveland Browns. They're playing the Minnesota Vikings. Um, it's seven point favorite in terms of the 49ers, despite them being on the road there in Minneapolis or Minneapolis. How are you feeling about this one?
1: Not great because we've seen how San Francisco performs, and I, it'd be really hard to bet them to lose two games in a row, which I wouldn't. However, seven points feels like a stretch for what should be a desperate Minnesota Vikings team at home, right? I think that it would be a big testament to, to Kevin O'Connell and to Kirk Cousins if they're able to just come up with a game plan that is, is suitable against this 49ers team. Just, just give us – give your fans at home on Monday Night Football something to show that you're going to compete in this game and not let this season go to waste. It's a pretty pivotal point in their season. And, and obviously for San Francisco – they're a little bit beat up after that Cleveland Browns game, right? They, they got the lumber a little bit from the Browns, which was a tough, tough defense. Devo Samuel a little roughed up. I think Christian McCaffrey should be okay for this game. But regardless, you did see a script for how to make Brock Purdy, not even human, but like honestly play pretty poorly until that last drive. Um, and I, I do expect them to probably still win this game, but it's not going to feel like they're this invincible force that's going to take over control by, by 40 right away. And I think that Kirk Cousins needs this game, right? I think he has to just show that he can get the ball in the hands of his guys that are going to make some plays, especially without Justin Jefferson. So expect TJ Hawkinson to, to have a role. And the, the one area on the defense where the Niners could have opportunities for improvement is against tight ends. And not many teams have exploited that to this point. So I expect that the, the Vikings to do that, um, But, again, I I don't necessarily have confidence in the Vikings to win this game. But at home, Monday Night Football, a poor record to this point. They need to show some life.
0: um, And I'm going to say that they cover seven points. I'm going to take the 49ers here. I don't think that they lose this game. And I don't think that it's going to be particularly close just based on the strength of this Uh, On the strength of their defense, Christian McCaffrey, when he plays, is a game changer. The Vikings do not have a strong defensive unit. And then on top of that, I know we just talked about the tight ends, but the way that the Vikings are using TJ Hawkinson is perplexing. He's playing like tight end Jarvis Landry. He's running at most five-yard routes, and he's catching the ball and he, he's required to make so many people. They're not getting him vertical in the seams. They're not playing him how traditionally he has played. They're treating him like Jarvis Landry. It's perplexing now if Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins change something about that and they get him vertical and they kind of use him to exploit the seams like he's been so good over his career doing. This could potentially co- uh, cause some issues for the Niners. Yep. However, I don't see it happening. And – the other thing is, you need to be able to run the ball, and yeah, that's and, a good point. yeah, you need to be able to run the ball. And the Vikings have been awful at running the ball, and it's it's Madison. It's all Madison.
1: Madison has to has to again
0: like start holding on the football and start diving forward
1: for some yards. He's
0: got yeah, it. it 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 has to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen this week because they are coming after, or they're going to get. Matched up against a very, very, very angry 49ers team. It's like someone just kicked a beehive or a hornet's nest or a hornet's nest filled with beehives. Like it's, we talk
1: about the NFC, right? And these, a couple of these teams that just have that sort of feeling we're coming after a loss. They're gonna, they're just again, they're a hornet's nest filled with beehives, right? (laughs) I've realized that if you actually did the math, this is the first time since really the 2021 2022 season that the Eagles and 49ers had lost on the same day. Right. Take a look at the the Eagles started eight, zero last year. And after week seven, last year, the Niners did not lose a game until the NFC championship game against Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is a crazy set of powerhouses that we're talking about. And like you said, the Niners are going to come out probably pretty ferocious. I'm just. I'm. I'm really just playing the cards of. Hey, we yeah. were an NFC playoff team last year, right? Show some life at home in prime time. Kirk Cousins, you've gotten two contracts from this team. You got one playoff win to show for it. I'm not asking you for a playoff win, but if you treat Monday night like a playoff game against what is a probably the best team in your conference, if not in the league, coming off a loss, a rare loss. Hopefully, they can they can keep this an interesting game that could could turn into one of those. Awful primetime slate games as well. But I'm I'm going to ride with them and, and the, the purple people eaters over there. And, and got it. All
0: right. That's what, that's it for week seven. Um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, I hope we get a good slate of games this week. We have some great matchups here. And um, let's go Broncos. Let's go Broncos here. Let's go Broncos. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We're going to get that win. But uh, thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back next Thursday.